0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, we live. we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, that includes YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, LOH the show handle on Twitter at locked Hornets second straight win, Doug. So when we talked about what happened last week, brutal loss to the nets and the way that they came out with zero effort, it was ugly. Kyrie drops 50 second mm-hmm. night of a back-to-back. They drop a game against the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum goes for 44 extremely efficient shooting again. And it's a bad week right from the get-go, but kind of an expected week. I don't know how many people thought the Hornets were going to beat Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Don't know how many people thought they were going to beat Boston second night of a back-to-back with them playing the best basketball. Still disappointing with some chances against Boston and the effort they came out against Brooklyn. I always thought that if they lost the next game to New Orleans, that's when we should hit full panic mode. It's brutal. They got the dub. They took care care of business in the second half. And then against Oklahoma City, they also kind of do the similar thing where in the first quarter, it's a little dicey. You get down to a double-digit deficit. It's like, great. Is this going to be one of those holes that they have dug themselves or it's too hard to get out of? But they didn't. Charlotte ends up catching fire from three. LaMelo specifically in the third quarter, he goes four of four from deep. Four three-pointers, scores 14 points in that quarter. All of a sudden, Charlotte Hornets, they win a couple in a row, and Lamelo has a nice third quarter of action to help us out.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to push back and say that I, di- I didn't. Ex- I certainly didn't expect them to like blow out the Nets or Celtics. Did I think it was possible that they could steal one of those games? Absolutely. What I didn't expect was for them to just lay down and die. Which I, well, think, I think is think what they
0: why, did. I think that's why. I think you know for sure. Like that was the reason that we had a bad week last week, but I don't think you would have, would you have put money on the
1: Hornets that they beat the Nets themselves. Celtics? No, no, right. but, but I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put money on them t- on any game. I've, I've told everyone do not bet on the Charlotte Hornets. It <laughs> is a great way to lose money because you never really know what kind of team you're going to get. Point taken. Uh, fortunately, we got a team that knows how to beat the beatable teams again. Uh, and, and that's something they really had lost a sense of going into the all-star break and it started to regain it a little bit uh, post all-star break and now seem firmly able to take care of teams uh, that they should. And they really, I think Walker have kept the wheels from coming completely off, which we were speculating could possibly happen. They could possibly, you know, miss the play in game. And that's still a possibility, but it's less of one uh, now that they're taking care of games that they're supposed to take care of. And they, in this one, unlike in new Orleans where you were playing really a g-league level team because all of their stars were hurt they did play a i think an arguable star in this league in shea gilgis alexander and and got his best punch 32 points eight rebounds and five assists on on 60 shooting they survived that they were able to pull ahead on the strength not of their defense but of their offense 134 points
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing with Charlotte The defense wasn't great. You allow 116 to OKC and they've had some decent offensive outputs this year. But 116 to OKC, if you were to tell me that's how much you would allow going into this game, I'd be a little scared. 130. That's great. It's the second straight strong offensive output for the Charlotte Hornets. And you know what? Shocker when the three point shot is working for Charlotte. They win. They hit 20- 57%. <laughs> it's not bad. They hit 23 pointers in all. They took 35. So it didn't even take 40 to have to get.
1: The- really having fun with my new soundboard, if you haven't, you haven't been able to tell. i trying oh, to work a little bit more sound in there.
0: I'm all about it. Well, the fact that you're bringing so much old sound from the vault, and then it brings up memories, and then we're bringing in new bumps. It's all great stuff. We're it's a make or here. miss league, Holy- baby.
1: <laughs> Just, who is that? I believe that was uh, our our king, LeBron James. It's a is make that or
0: miss league, baby. That is LeBron James. I
1: was trying to figure out who that it's a was. a make or miss
0: league, baby. Well, it was a make league for the Charlotte Hornets. Five of six from deep for Miles. Five of eight for Lamelo. Four of eight for Terry Rozier, and four of four for Isaiah Thomas. How about that? After Whoa. he, after he told LaMelo that was the best game he'd seen him play so far against new Orleans, Isaiah actually helps off of the bench misses every two point shot that he took, but who cares when you hit all four of the three point shots that you took 12 points math, for baby. IT and four assists for him. How about the old IT showing up, man, scoring, uh, and, and helping them off the bench.
1: The one sound I haven't loaded yet is take that for data. Uh, but take that for data. I mean, that's math four four from three and, and you're doing all right. Uh, IT, you know, we've talked a lot about IT's impact off the court and they keep talking about it. Like Terry Rozier mentioned it in, in his postgame interview about how big IT has been in the locker room. So we've talked about that. But this is the first game that I remember since he came on with the 10 day That I've really felt the weight of his on-court impact, and we got just a little bit of a taste of the old IT who could come in and just microwave score, take over a particular part of a game. We have not seen him—the old, old IT could take over an entire game and and really just impose his will— uh, as a superstar, all NBA level player should be able to do. We saw a little bit of a taste of that, and I thought, you know, this game, like the game, the last game against the New Orleans Pelicans, the one that sort of played around in the first half, they allowed what was the number of points they it's allowed 41, to be de- yeah, 41, forty-one in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> like OKC, props to them. They were moving the basketball, playing really fundamental ball, getting it inside, moving it out. Bazoo was hitting his shots. Shea was hitting his shots. But at the same time, like Charlotte's got to figure that out. Can't allow 41 to an Oklahoma City Thunder team that's not winning many basketball but games But they've in had the first to figure
0: quarter. out all year long. No bad first quarters. What else is right.
1: there? Right. But two things I thought really turned this game around. One was uh, I-, I thought that the defensively, you know, the bench got smoked in this one. This really was all about the... This really was all about the starters coming in and, and just being great offensively. Uh, but I thought Montrezl Harrell and Cody Martin in the first quarter, they, they kind of did a cutaway where they were having some words. And right after that, uh, Montrezl Harrell makes a play. Cody gets a steal. Like they seemed to get it together defensively a little bit after that and, and got better throughout the game. So that was thing number one. Thing number two was I.T inserting him in there and getting those uh, four, three pointers. I mean, that got them back into the game. I mean, they were down 18 at one point. I mean, it really, uh, that and LaMelo, you know, so, the third big factor was the uh, third yeah.
0: quarter. It got so dicey. I mean, can you imagine as we were talking about, it would have been bad had they lost to new Orleans. Same thing can be said if they would have lost to Oklahoma city, but it is all the 12 points that Isaiah Thomas scored in this game. They all came in the second quarter when he goes four for four from three point land. And he comes in, helps you out. Um, the bench players didn't help in that little stretch that he had. Jalen McDaniels, zero points. Montrez didn't score. Kelly Oubre didn't score. Uh, Lamelo wasn't even scoring. And then he comes in, he gives you a few assists, a couple of rebounds in that second quarter. Finally, he gets some help from Terry right at the end. Ter- uh, so Isaiah Thomas exits the quarter. Um, and then Terry comes in crazy thing about Isaiah. He hit those threes quick, man. Like you're talking about, the first really six and a half minutes where Isaiah Thomas hit all of those threes, he exits and then Terry comes in. So getting help from the Boston Celtics guards of yesteryear. And that helps the Charlotte Hornets get a victory against the Oklahoma city thunder, a much needed one with the play in teams playing all pretty well right now. Let's get to that in the next segment, do a standings check, talk a little more about LaMelo ball and some other things we noticed in this game. It's that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Betonline remains the spot, the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. It's not just basketball, by the way. Betonline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk more about this victory. Look at uh, some LaMelo stats, even on the season coming up next. Locked on Hornets podcast.
1: This is
0: Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love uh, with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, think I know, still me a too. chance. Yeah. I think he, uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So LaMelo ball last night, four of four from three-point range, uh, five of eight, excuse me, four of four in the third quarter, five of eight overall. That's where his offense came from. Seven assists for him too. Another good floor game for him. Second one in a row, seven assists to three turnovers for LaMelo. Great to see four rebounds, 21 points that finishes out his stat line. But if you go overall, what his field goal percentage was a little under 50% going six of 13, not bad but then you look at the two point range for LaMelo and that's where he's kind of struggled this year, finishing specifically at the rim too. So he really goes one of five from two point range in this game, Doug, and the one two point field goal that he hit was a really tough uh, step back mid range jumper, you know, where he dribbles inside, takes a step back and then nails it. I, you know, probably objectively not the greatest shot. I don't know where it was in the shot clock. Um, But that was the shot that he hit a tough shot and nails it. The other ones at the rim didn't make any of those, you know, any shot that Lamello hit came from like at least 20 feet out last night. And James Plowright put this uh, stat out there, just looking at cleaning the glass, James Plowright can be found on Twitter at reddish underscore buzz. He said, quote, quite remarkable how similar Lamelo's shooting percentages are from his rookie to sophomore year, everywhere on the court, a lot of different variables, both years, but ending up in the same place. And if you look at, at the worst part of Lamelo's game right now, it's finishing at the rim. He was 54% last year. This is according to cleaning the glass. It eradicates all garbage time stats. So 54% at the rim last year, 53% this year, he was in the 27th percentile in the league last year, just the 17th percentile this year, everywhere else. He's at least average to even above average when it comes from three point range. You know, he's seventy-two percentile in non-corner threes, seventy percentile in all threes. Um, I mean, good, right? I've talked about that a million mm-hmm. times. But it's just the it's just finishing at the rim. You know, that that's what takes him to another level as a scorer if he can finish consistently. And right now, he's among the worst in the league at it. It's unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and it is really the thing that you have to have to be the – take. you know, I tweeted, take over LaMelo activated, mm-hmm. and, it, and it was. I mean, in that third quarter, he was dominating, but it really was with his three-point shot. Uh, we, we've we seen it rarely where LaMelo has really been kind of a three-level scorer. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, he does so many things well with his pass – that I'm not discounting the possibility that he could become a, a major star or a superstar in this league without, you know, with, with having a, you know, particular weakness in his game. I mean, you know, look at DeMar DeRozan. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is MVP. Well, well at least was an MVP candidate this season uh, right. and and he has a pretty debilitating part of his offensive game in that he can't yeah. hit three. So like it's not outside of the the realm of possibility, but, but what happens because he can't, because teams are scouting him and know that he's going to struggle to finish at the rim. They're going to start making adjustments and it's called, co- I mean, his threes are deep threes, you know, because, because he really need. I think he needs that room. He can hit them and he he needs that room, uh, you know, to, to get, to get those open looks. Uh, so it's, it's difficult, but you know, again, he's 20 years old. I'm probably going to say that every show he's got a lot of development left. He's mm-hmm. hopefully can get stronger, And uh, make more of those shots at the rim and, and depend less on that floater, which tends to be inconsistent at best. Yeah. And, and LaMelo, I think, you know, they're kind of
0: like swooping. If you look last, if you look last night at some of the, the shots that he missed at the rim, they're kind of, you know, arcing, you know, kind of this fluid motion rather than kind of going into the body and taking, yeah, the let's contact. see that. Let's
1: see that again. I'm going to go close up here. Let's see that swoop. Uh, it's like ballet so if you're
0: driving. And then it is ballet. LaMelo is, I mean, it's a beautiful game to watch. Even the shots yeah. when they don't hit swooping at the goal, but they miss. And I think now Mm -hmm. it's all about like LaMelo, I think has the frame to put on pounds. You know, it's not one of those guys that it's not like Kevin Durant, who's never going to put on the poundage and you don't really care. I want LaMelo to put on some, and I think he is. You the think NBA he can does. be a beefy boy? Are you saying that he can be a beefy boy? I'm saying that there could be a calorie spike for LaMelo and the fact Ooh. that he can What would make, his,
1: yeah. I don't know. What would know. his calorie spike be? <laughs> There's so many.
0: I don't know. I can't. I got too excited. I, I want to play.
1: LaMelo meatball. The yeah, there you go. That's La-me- a good meatball. Let's shorten it. meatball. LaMelo meatball. Let's do that. <laughs>
0: We got to think of more as this show goes on, but there's not the right absorb the contact and try to finish it's avoiding contact. And you've talked about this, Doug, you tweeted this out how teams are just physical with them at the point of attack. You know, they try oh, to yeah. make sure they body him on screens and they try to body him in a lot of different situations. Both and the, that's yeah. Just both him- the- Go ahead.
1: Yeah, both the both the Nets and the Celtics did that. I mean, yeah. they really like blitzed his pick and rolls, were handsy, get you know, trying to take away some of that space that he creates on that three point shot. But he's you know, he's a he's a different player when it comes to like three point shooting. Like he's not he needs, you know, he needs it delivered to him. I'm trying to think. Like I don't I don't view Lamelo Ball as like somebody that creates many of his own three point opportunities, like just coming off a screen. If he's coming off a screen, he's mostly trying to get downhill. And then the choice is, do I pop up for this floater, which is probably going to be open because that's going to be the more desirable shot for a defense. They want LaMelo to take that floater. They don't want to let him go to the rim. It, I think it's also really uh, it, it's really crucial for the Charlotte Hornets to make sure that there's plenty of spacing around LaMelo ball as he develops to give him that room. Like If there are three-point shooters in the corners that have been dependable all year, Uh, Then, then the Hornets have an opportunity to get Lamelo some space inside. But if there there isn't, you know, that personnel with him on the court, then I think it makes it a lot tougher.
0: Well, and and trying to look up the stats on the fly, I know PJ Washington has actually struggled very much so from the corner shooting threes this year compared to where he has been everywhere else, and even in years past, PJ was awesome from the corner this year. this, this year, despite the percentage, it's it's not been good. Well, I'm trying to look up the Miles three point percentage from the corner as well as okay. A Kelly well, yeah, Ubray. give me
1: one thing at a time. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I didn't tell you to look stats. up PJ. Well, I didn't throw stats everywhere. <laughs> I, I'm looking up
0: Miles. You can look. I, I know PJ has struggled. I I know that uh, as, yeah, as I'm long. Show it to you. Yeah, Miles has been really bad. If you look at what his corner three point percentage is. Right, this so hit, year. Well, hold on, hold on, because I got Go
1: PJ's. I got PJ's on the screen. I don't want to okay. confuse people who are watching on on YouTube. So, so you're, I'm going
0: Basketball Reference. You're doing clean. The glass. So, if you want to go corner threes for PJ, yeah, I mean, look at that man. Like that's so, so this far is, down. This is
1: shooting accuracy for PJ Washington on cleaning the glass. All threes. He's in the seventy fourth percentile at thirty seven percent non corner, thirty eight percent, which is eighty one percentile for his position as mm-hmm. big. And then in the corner three, though, it drops to 31% accuracy. That's the 29th percentile among bigs in the league.
0: Yeah, not good. And and PJ, this was just a flat out strength for him last year. And even the year prior, I think that said 95th percentile is rookie year. And, And he's dropped so significantly this season. Miles Bridges, same thing. According to basketball reference, different site, he's not taking them at a higher volume, but he's still 25% of his threes are from the corner. And Miles Bridges is only hitting 33%. Last year, it was 43, 44% on 32% of his shots from be- being taken there or being taken from there. You know, that's, that's, what's interesting too. You know, like this is a hot team. This is a team that's relied on the three point shot, but the easiest deep shot they've struggled with. Yeah, and LaMelo, like you, you think, okay, dribble, dribble, drive, penetrate, kick out, kick out to the corner, not really going in at a higher frequency. No, that's such year.
1: a good point. And here, here's on cleaning the glass. Here are the numbers for Miles. Uh, yeah, 67 percentile, 68th percentile, 82nd percentile last season. Whew. This season, three, uh, all three is down to 32%. That's 30th percentile. Non-corner, 32%. That's 35. Third percentile corner three, it drops from sixty seventh percentile to thirty fifth percentile, forty two percent, thirty four percent, and I, yeah. you know, clean. You have to you have to factor in too that I mean there are drops in the percentages. There's no doubt about that. And then cleaning the glass also changed his changed his position from big to forward because he really is playing. Mm-hmm you know, kind of a three, four high was playing forward
0: according to cleaning the glass the two years prior. And it's still worse, you know, like, and that's him. And, you know, even Kelly Oubre, like it's weird. I I don't want to keep piling on, but at the same time, it's just interesting. Kelly Oubre shot 39% from the corner last year, even in that season where he got off to like the worst start in NBA history Mm -hmm. this year, shooting 33%. I mean, the Hornets, they've got so many different guys that they've relied on that have not hit threes at an acceptable rate, especially for a team that relies so much on the three and actually has a pretty good percentage overall when you look at a lot of different players.
1: It's such an interesting thing to, to examine that the Hornets, you know, went into the season thinking players were going to be one thing. <laughs> like Gordon Hayward, for example, they thought he was going to be healthy. He wasn't.
0: Uh, They they ran him into the ground too, by the way, like they played him every second they could. And they
1: said they weren't going to do that. They said they weren't going to do that. They knew, they knew that this was a possibility and they did it anyway. And I think part of that was the fact, I'm going to say it again for the people in the back (laughs) that came into the 2021, 22 NBA season without a big rotation. Like without an NBA quality big rotation, it's absurd. It was malpractice. Well, and he's the only player there. That... all this stuff all this stuff cascades down into how the rotation um, played itself out early in the season, and it's having effects on late in the season. But let me just I... say this real quick. Yeah, good. So they no, had good. players. They had players that transformed. Like PJ Washington's game is transformed. Miles Bridges' game is transformed. He's totally like downhill. I'm gonna get to the rim. I can't shoot threes anymore, except occasionally. Uh, Lamelo stayed pretty consistent with his game, but as you said, the like the rim. Uh, the shots at the rim, the shots from two haven't improved. The one player, Walker, that has been good in years past and is consistently good has been Terry Rozier. Like, Rozier, in terms of his scoring, it has gone nowhere. I mean, he has been, and I'll say this too, had Terry Rozier not had the struggles early in the season because of the both the ankle injuries, I mean, I think the Hornets would have had two All-Stars instead of one
0: yeah i mean it it would have been tough to crack that group of players but even with him struggling for a while the percentages have caught back up with the way that he's been playing here recently you know that is somebody that has you know the the corner threes are down for terry but that's because they were sky high last season at 45 percent. this year they're 40 so you'd like to see that get a little closer but you know, I guess it still does kind of contribute though. You know, if, if it dips 50 percentage points, no matter if it starts from a crazy high uh, starting spot, like that's still a lot, that's still a big decrease and you can still rely on them. I don't want to say anything like that, but it's still a decrease that probably hurts your idea of what this Hornets offense can do um, coming into the season. And then them not living up to it.
1: And it just goes to show you that at the end of the day,
0: it's a make or miss league, baby. (laughs) Thank you, LeBron, for taking us to the next break. (laughs) Let's talk about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Also want to provide a message from Camp Lejeune for listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps have family or friends you might have. I wanted to notify you of an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures. And they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater.com. That's www.marines.mil slash CL water. One more segment to go. We'll clean up some of the other things we noticed in this game and do a standings check. Always got to check in on those standings coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets.
1: So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want them to play scared, right?
0: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So as we look into the standings, there you go. Nice graphic coming back immediately. Looking it's at not my graphic.
1: Uh, this is uh, courtesy NBA.com. I didn't make this graphic props did, to the NBA graphics did you,
0: team. Did you think that I thought that you put this graphic together and then, and then we're presenting it you made to it. all I mean, of You made it sound
1: like that, and I just want to make sure that, you know, my my this, graphic brethren, uh, that they get their, their just due. This is Doug's graphic
0: that he worked extremely hard on and put together. It is now showing everybody on YouTube and you can only see it if you go to YouTube and there it is right now, the matchup would be Charlotte and Atlanta playing in the nine, 10 matchup. The loser of that matchup, would go home never to be seen in this playoff picture again, (laughs) and they would move on and play Toronto and or Brooklyn at this point. And then they would have to win again in order to get that eight or seven seed. And, uh, and I guess at this point, they would have to be the eight seed because they're the lowest seeded team. Charlotte is. So we'd see what happened there um, with the Hornets. But right now they're two games back uh, or excuse me. They've won two games in a row. Mm -hmm. They're a half game back of Atlanta as it stands right now. They play Atlanta tomorrow night. So, a pretty big game. The Hawks have won three straight. Brooklyn in the eight seed, they've won three straight. Toronto in the seven seed, they've won four straight. And the Hornets are five and a half games back of Toronto, and they're two and a half back of the Brooklyn Nets. So, excuse me, one and a half back. And and I don't think they're going to catch Brooklyn. You know, I, Brooklyn is too good. The problem is, Doug, is that Toronto was reeling a little bit and since have gone on to win four straight, Charlotte couldn't take care of that opportunity. And now they're kind of locked into this 9-10 seed. So they're going to have to be in a win and end scenario from what it looks like right now. And I don't see them catching enough ground. But it, it's It looks more and more like they're going to be cemented in one of those spots because Washington continues to lose and you're starting to not feel as much pressure that they're going to fall out of the play in tournament altogether.
1: Yeah. This feels pretty locked in at this point with the not, not, not the order seven eight nine ten. 10, um, although it's getting there as well. Nine, 10 might be
0: that, that yeah. kind of looks locked in. So, I mean, yeah. this would be what it kind of boils down to is this game tomorrow night is probably going to be your preview of the nine, 10 play game, <laughs> game <laughs> point, game point five. And that's what it's going to be.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, so it's, it's extremely important. I mean, you know, but the Hornets need to get healthy. So still, still need to get Gordon Hayward back. So if he's not back for this game, which it's highly doubtful that he would be, mm-hmm. um, then we still don't know exactly what that matchup is going to look like. Uh, I would say a couple of things, man, you know, one game under 500 normally would have been good enough for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, but you have so many teams that have been so awful. Uh, and the East has generally been better this season um, that <clears throat> that you've had, you know, you've, you've got a situation here where the Hornets are one game under 500, could be at 500 or above 500 and still be in the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference. And the other thing to say there is that and you I mean think about it from the perspective of a year where they were where the play in wasn't a thing, we'd be looking at this a lot differently, right? We'd be saying like the Hornets in the tenth slot doesn't even look like they can get to eight. It's a good uh, point. This is a pretty disappointing season yeah. overall.
0: It's a great point, point. and you know that that's what the play in has done. It has allowed you to completely shift what you consider success and what you consider a complete failure. And you make the point in the East usually a game below 500 would get you that eight spot. It's exactly what that would have done last year. Boston actually finished as the seven seed, 536 and 36. Washington was 34 and 38, and they were the eight seed, At, at least at the end of all of this. And the Charlotte Hornets, just a game below, they would have been that eight seed. If you go back to 2019 and 2020, a game below 500, that would have actually... Uh, got you the seven seed. <laughs> so like even two years ago, Brooklyn was the seven seed. They were 35 and 37. And you know, so you're, you're right. The East is better. And that's something we all knew, but that kind of puts it into perspective.
1: And it's really incredible that the Hornets have played the second most overtime games in the Eastern conference. Second, only to the Indiana Pacers with eight games. Uh, the Hornets have played seven overtime games, the Pacers, all right, four and four in those overtime games. The Charlotte Hornets, seven overtime games, 0-7 this year in, crunch, in, the, in the crunchiest of times. I mean, even if, can
0: you just get three of those? Can you not even get to 50% and get two games above 500? And at that point, you're talking about being ahead of the Atlanta Hawks and at least being within striking distance of Toronto, at least having some kind of shot at them a little more so, but you're not instead there are uh, again, they are five and a half pack of the Toronto Raptors in that seven seed.
1: Yeah. It's been part of why the season has been frustrating, right? Because it's been the margin of error has been super tight. And again, I go back to the way this roster was constructed at the beginning of the season. Uh, it made that margin of error a lot tighter and the Hornets have not been very detail-focused when it comes to the defensive end of the floor with transition defense, with half-court defense. Uh, you know when But they've, they've been able to overcome all of that. Injuries, COVID protocol, not having a decent center. They've been able to overcome all that and be one game under five hundred uh, because of the sheer fact that they've been shooting the ball excellently and they move the ball really well. Um, but at the end of the day you know, the the deficiencies are going to shine brightest Mm -hmm. when uh, they get to the playoffs, when Atlanta has plenty of time to scout the Hornets. And certainly if if they were to make a magical run through the play-in and get to that, you know, eighth seed and face off with, I mean, the battle for the one seed right now, it's not incredibly tight. I mean, it could be Milwaukee, could be Philadelphia, could be Miami. I think Chicago's probably not... I don't know that they can really make a run at this point. They look like they're dealing with some stuff. So you're talking about Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. They would maybe just Boston
0: would- just because they're a lot better now, but right. I mean, that's probably yeah. including too many, by the way, I'm getting this wrong that Toronto's four and a half, not five and a half. I can't do math. They're four and a half games up on the Charlotte uh, Hornets for uh, that seven. C. so can't do math with the standings, but yeah, you're right. It'll be interesting to see the East is going to be fun. You know, the, just how wide open everything is the NBA finals, um, might be that way, too, even with Phoenix playing the well uh, as well as they are. But the Eastern Conference, that's going to be such a fun playoff picture to see exactly how that all plays out,
1: but you never know. I mean, again, I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward could get back and completely transform the way this team plays offense and plays defense and could give them a boost. Uh, Jalen McDaniels could remember Rusty. Yeah, Jalen remem- rusty. Could, I mean, he's back. going to, he's going, yeah. I, I believe that he will eventually remember what made him great this season. He's obviously struggling right now. So if you get those two things going in the right direction, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, ca- I'm not completely counting them out. I just need to see some, evidence. are you saying oh. there's
0: life, you know, Hey,
1: before we end
0: today, that seems like a cold take, Doug. I want to put that through the hot <laughs> take machine. That seems pretty cool. I, I we have to explain this. We have to explain yeah, this to long because we, we
1: we don't we get new listeners all the time. Every shows new listeners, new viewers on YouTube. So we have to explain the hot take machine. So we developed with a team of sports scientists. We developed the hot take machine many years ago, and it was it was so hot, it was so volcanic, it was so dangerous. <laughs> That we had to put it away for a while. We had to stick it in a in a contain one of those containers that they put like uh, used nuclear material. That's right. That's how hot this machine was, and uh, but the way this the way it works is when one of us gives a lukewarm or cold take. Like I think you fairly accuse that take of being a little cold, a little lukewarm, a little on the fency. Mm-hmm. We we have this machine, and I've I've gone into uh, the bowels of uh, Locked On Hornets headquarters. And I, I've gotten past all of the security that we set up to protect people. Well, from you have the, the key. You're the only one that holds it. Yeah, it was, it's true. But we we did hire a team of security to make sure that, you know, to protect me from myself. But I've been able to get past all the security. I've gotten the hot take machine back. I've, uh, I have it in our possession. It's sitting under my desk right now. I use it as a leg warmer. Pretty um, dangerous. It does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just M and A T. Yeah, it's probably I've I had my I had my one child and I Mm -hmm. think that's probably going to be it now that the hot take machine has been sitting so close to my and um,
0: it's like Stephen A. Smith is yelling at your crotch constantly is what that that placement. Yeah, if you could.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you can imagine that, if you can just Mm -hmm. imagine (laughs) Stephen A. Smith underneath my desk yelling directly into my crotch, that is what the hot take machine is. Um, So I have Uh, the machine down here. Here, I'm going to bang on it. That's the hot take machine. Please don't bang Um, on it. Do anything with that. It's gonna blow up. (laughs) All right. So, what was my lukewarm take?
0: Your lukewarm take was that Jalen McDaniels, you think he is gonna realize how to get back to the player that he was that helped this team so much, and that Gordon Hayward comes back healthy, makes Mm -hmm. a significant impact Mm -hmm. on this team. And the cold Mm -hmm. part was you're not saying that they're going to climb up the standing so much so, but just watch out. You were just basically putting us on notice and i feel mm. like that was lukewarm and you should run it through the
1: hot take machine all right here we go let's run it
0: do y'all i i, I challenge anybody in
1: this country <laughs> all right all right that ding
0: means all right pull out pull out the piece of paper what did the hot take machine come up with doug
1: all right the hot take how machine. hot is
0: it Ooh, be careful get an oven <laughs>
1: All right. It says Mm -hmm. the Charlotte Hornets will go on an historic NBA run. Whoa! To not only Uh get through the play-in, but Lamelo Ball will turn on the superstar gene and get them past a a historic upset, eight over one. Doesn't happen very often. Has happened, but doesn't happen very often. Will get past the number one seeded. Milwaukee box.
0: They're going to matumbo them. That's what you're telling me. We're going to see LaMelo crying on his back on the court after an eight over one upset. That is excellent. The hot take machine has spoken and we will end today's Lockdown Hornets with that. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. Make sure you join us tomorrow. West Wednesday and going to be hopping on with us. Make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.